0: But we start the show off today with another one of our guys that we love going to. All right, we got the player, we got the analyst, and we've got the coach as well with us today. The one and only Houston Nut joins us, a former coach at Old Miss, Arkansas, Boise State, Murray State, let's add them all in there, who knows where. He probably uh, uh, had a couple junior highs on the way up there that he, that he was a head coach while he was still pro- uh, probably in junior high, who knows what, but my guy. Houston, nut! You can put down barbecue and chicken with the best of them. What's going on, brother? There you go. Wait, I forgot steaks. I forgot the steaks because you <laughs> put down the steaks as well. I witnessed it firsthand.
1: That's right. That's right. Don't forget that, brother.
0: All good, all good. It's got to be you. Man, it is, but it's you. First of all, Happy New Year to you, and I know you had a Merry Christmas, and, and hopefully you had a very happy New Year as well, too, and I know that you were probably hunkered down there in McKinney, Texas, uh, watching those games uh, in front of your TV. I don't know uh, if you had friends and family, but I know you had some good food.
1: Absolutely absolutely it was awesome uh nothing like that time of year man just sitting back and we got family around I got grandkids hey <laughs> hey now let's hey. let's let's back
0: up a little bit here because you know for those that don't know i mean this is really the first year that your schedule has opened up a little bit and not with CBS sports after so many years uh, of coaching and then uh, many years in the media with CBS. And you're still doing a lot of, of radio hits like this one and television appearances. And I get that, but did it slow down for you a little bit? And, uh, uh, cause right now at this time, you'd be going crazy. You would be, you know, probably making your way to the national championship game. You'd be visiting bowl games. You'd be in the studio. You'd be doing all that, my friend. So kind of talk how the last couple of weeks have been for you personally.
1: Yeah, that I tell you, TC, it was uh, much different than the last 11 years. And, uh, you keep thinking, well, I got to go get on an airplane. No, I don't. You know, I, I keep thinking, oh, I got to go pack a bag. No, I don't. And so that was a great feeling. Uh, to be able to just set home and, uh, maybe do a few radios, go speak to a few people to come right back home. Uh, it was really good. This was a good transition and really enjoyed. You, you, you said it the first time really to be around family and everybody, uh, during this time where it's just, Hey, we're going to eat. We're going to, we're going to play games and we're going to watch football. And so then that that was really good. So I really really enjoyed it. It definitely, definitely slowed down,
0: yeah, definitely. And when you coach for all those years that you did, and then pretty much you jumped into yep. the broadcast studio and booths, you know right right after that. And again, a lot of people don't you know, may not understand. but when you're when you're doing the broadcast, whether they're game broadcasts or the studio analysis or you're previewing games or recapping games, it really isn't that much different. Uh, then, then, then the head coach, right? Because you're spending just as much time watching tape film, you know, uh, digital, whatever you want to call it these days. Right. So then when you go through that, I mean, probably Houston, I don't know, I'm I'm not speaking for you here, but I'm just guesstimating, you know, probably the last 40 plus years that that's been your life. And now all of a sudden, Whoa, wait a minute. Okay. I'm not coaching, but now I'm stepping back a little bit from the TV. So it, it, it had to be a little bit of a jolt.
1: You know what? It, it was. And that's the biggest uh, eye-opener for me, making the transition from coaching to uh studio, going to New York. I was always in the studio and very thankful for CBS for that. But, you know, we'd start getting researched by Sunday, uh, Monday. And I mean, you start reading and names were very, very important. Now, you got to get somebody's son. And that's one of mama's boys. And you better have that name uh, pronounced correctly. And and so a lot, a lot of stuff, a lot, a lot of reading, uh, a lot of studying there. Uh, and again, uh, you know, you always miss that competitive spirit side where you're, you know, you got your team going against that guy on the other sideline. You oh, boy, you miss that. But uh, that was the next best thing to be able to watch games. Uh, but this year was really definitely it just uh, it, it just put a confirmation, big old stamp on it. Every time I look around, I see that little two year old or eight month old grandson. Hey, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be around them here uh, during this time. I'd be up in the studio. I'd be missing all this. So uh, it felt good to kind of slow down, just watch it. But uh, hey, there's 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 nothing like this time, and can't wait for one more.
0: And the thing about it is, I mean, you have not slowed down with your uh, analysis, and you're still watching probably just as much college football, uh, you know, right now. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's great. You know, so I love still uh, having you on. But so, you know, obviously, I want to talk with you about what we saw on Monday with the college football playoff semifinals. And now, you know, let's concentrate and, and look ahead to the national championship game here on Monday. Uh, But I really want to touch the Washington-Texas game with you. As we saw Washington defeat Texas 37-31, you're down there. You're in Longhorn country. What happened to the Longhorns? Now, we know they were a favorite in this game. They were three-and-a-half, four-point favorite. They were playing from behind that entire game in the Sugar Bowl. But as crazy as that game unfolded, Houston, they had a chance to win it. They had four cracks inside the 15-yard line. I'm watching this thing saying, you know, okay, even Washington goes up by a score. Texas comes back and tied up. They never had the lead, and then Washington had the two-score lead. They had the nine-point lead because, you know, they missed the extra point earlier. So I was like, okay, you know, wait a minute now. Now they're down six. They got the ball. Oh, my goodness. They're they're driving. They got a chance to pull this up. I don't know about you, but to me it felt like, No way in the world they deserved to win that game, but then they were in control of their own destiny, and they blew it. They literally blew it. So I want to know what you were seeing as the coach, as a former quarterback, especially when you saw yours basically just disregard the left side of the field on that final drive, disregard the middle of the field, honed
1: into the right side. It almost looked like he was a rookie quarterback. Right. Well, I want to go back to about, Eight minutes when Washington has a thirteen-point lead. Now, uh, listen, I, I've never met the coaches at Washington. I have a lot of respect. Just outside looking in, I've been on the sideline watching them, and I love what they do. This Michael Penix is phenomenal. But if you go back to about at the eight-minute mark, uh, uh, Don is asking me, "What? what, what, what why are you yelling?" <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm yelling at the TV because. It's okay to run that ball ever so often. Now you got a thirteen point lead. If you're Washington, I got some Ken folks in Washington, so uh, I'm thinking, okay, they're going to go to the championship game. And I mean, with with how this thing unfolded, and I, and that's why I say eight minutes. I mean, there's there's double reverse passes going on. They're they they're trying to score a hundred. Looks like, and you got a thirteen point lead. And I know how good Texas is, and so then let's fast forward down to. The very last couple of minutes when the running back goes down and I, I, I got I, the coach, he showed a lot of composure, but I'd be going nuts because that clock's not running anymore. You, you could have got that thing down to about 27 right. seconds, but you don't, you right. don't right. And so now, like you said, now Texas, they got three or four shots to the end zone and it's unbelievable. I'm, I'm thinking Texas is going to win and guess what? Probably deserved to win the way they hung in there and and fought to the bitter end. And Washington did not do a good job with that clock. Now, who am I? They're fourteen and zero, and they deserve a lot of pats on the back. I mean, they're the funnest team I've ever seen to watch with with Pennix, and, and, and I can see why Pennix won at Indiana. Uh, it's easy; winning follows this guy. But the clock part of it, and I I, I get analytics and all that crap. But hey, win the game, Texas. If they would have thrown a back shoulder on the line, these these corners were playing off. They're so worried about these receivers. There's a couple of times this back shoulder on the line, they score. And, I, you know, I didn't understand the little swing pass to the right. Right. On one of those plays. But, you know, it's easy to second guess when you got popcorn and Coca-Cola and M&Ms and Reese's like what I had watching it. Hey. All at the same you know, time? Uh, uh, really? All the same. Wow. Mix that. Mix that. Mix it, mix it, mix popcorn, M M&M and M peanuts, and Reese's with popcorn. I promise you, it's a winner. But, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I I'm not doubting it. Say, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to dispute that at all. You, yeah. you are the heavyweight champ of the world when it comes to to, to food and football. There's no I question. About, I don't know about that. But I mean, you anyway. notice I said you're the heavyweight champ. I mean, I'm I'm like the
1: the lightweight champ or the middleweight champ. You're the heavyweight champ. Uh, you you're you're I've never seen anybody can put down cheeseburgers like you can and <laughs> um, really, uh, so back, I just thought it, it was an incredible game but my goodness Texas could have very easily won that football game I know very I, I know and I really, I really thought they were going to because of the clock uh it, it just blew my mind and uh uh Washington's fortunate they're fortunate now now I know a lot of people say, "With well, Coach, they got the best quarterback. They got this. They got that." But I'm just telling you, when you go back and look at everything, especially the clock, oh, you could have eased. You'd been sick to your stomach watching if you lost that game the way you lost that game. When that running back went down, I said, uh "Oh, yep, clock. Yep. Hey, Hughes has got a chance now." The clock stuck and so oh my gosh! I mean, it was it was unbelievable. You had to w- stay up and watch it to the end, my man. And to see, he,
0: and here's the thing: you can make the case that both teams, Alabama and Texas, gave the game away. As crazy as that sounds, everyone's talking about how great Michigan was and how great Washington yeah. was, but again, there were holes there. And no just, and go back to Washington. This is why I. Have had problems believing in them because of the close games, Washington State, Oregon State, Arizona State, you know, and then the, the the two victories that they had over Oregon by three points each. But for the most part, they had these narrow victories and they didn't score 40 and 50 points. Like a lot of people thought they did against those teams that I just mentioned, Oregon State, Washington State, you know, they're in the twenties, you know, what 15 to seven against Arizona State. I'm going, wait a minute. I'm just still not believing it. Penix is great, like liked him in Indiana. He was injured. Then again, had to miss a season there before going to Washington. Uh, so I I get all that. And the wide receivers are great as well, too. But hey, yes. they faced a Texas defense, especially the secondary, was not that good. Now it'll it'll change here a little bit when they face Michigan. But let's go to the Alabama game, Houston. Alabama, <laughs> when you break this down, they needed one stop. Defensively, they needed one stop in the final two minutes. They gave up an eight play drive for a touchdown to send the game into overtime. And on that drive, Michigan had a fourth and two. And what happened on that fourth and two? Instead of punting it away, uh, you know, Harbaugh decides, no, nope, we're going to go for it. And what happens? He a little, little screen to uh, Blake Coram goes for 27 yards and it flipped it. Then what happened after that? Gain of 16 on a McCarthy keeper. A JJ McCarthy keeper in crunch time against Alabama gained 16. Are you kidding me? And then what happens after that? They gain 29 yards and they get down to the Alabama five. And you're going, oh my goodness. Okay, we're we're destined for overtime here, unless this guy's going to pull yeah. a Dan Campbell and try to go for two. But we know that's not going to happen because we 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 don't know. We can't have that happen, that Hammenager Campbell. But anyway, then they get the touchdown. Then they got all the mojo, but Again, you can make the case. Alabama gave that game away. They got soft on the D. I
1: know it. I know it. And I, I tell you, what has to be a nightmare, too, is if you go back and, and look, the snap was really a problem. Oh, geez. The back to back. The back to back plays? Are you kidding me? It's all throughout the game, but especially the back to back plays in crucial situations where that's got to be like breathing. That's got to be automatic. But all of a sudden in the middle of the game, you know, man, this, the snap is not, it's not accurate. It's, it's the guy's got to be a shortstop to get this ball now. And that makes it hard. It, it messes up timing. It disrupts, it disrupted the last play of the game. And I'm not saying that's the right card. You know, it was probably a poor card, but you ran it into the teeth of the defense. Their strong point, but if you go back and look, you're on the right hash. You go back and look that ball's to the right and low. It disrupts. It, it, it's it's the, it's the timings off. And so uh, I know Alabama's sick, and um, Michigan, though, boy, when you look at what they did defensively, and they can get home with four rushers and five, they don't have to bring six. Man, that makes a difference. And this is. This is why I can't wait to watch this game. But you notice Michael Penix is a guy that he can play with a, a a rush pocket or a dirty pocket, what we call where, you know, when when you're being pressured, there's a lot of quarterbacks that look at the rush and they can't handle it. You know, when it's under three seconds of protection, they can't handle it. Well guess what? Michael Penix, he can. He he's got ice water in his veins and he can. But this this Michigan defense is something they have not seen now. They hadn't seen something like this because I think they're really, really well coached, and you can get home with four, five, and then you got the coverage behind it. That's very, very good, man. I think that that could be a long day for Michael Penix, but if anybody can do it, this guy throws nothing. But I mean, he throws dimes. He drops it in the basket. Unbelievable.
0: The coach, the analyst, Houston Nutt, joins us talking about the national championship game taking place on Monday night in Michigan and Washington. All right, break it down, coach. Uh, what All are right. the keys to this game? I know you talked about the quarterback play.
1: Um, yeah. g- give me your thoughts. Break yeah. it down. Here's the key. If you, Let's start on the Washington side. you got the Joe Moore offensive line war. That's my buddy Aaron Taylor. He gives out this award. He has a great committee, and you pick out a great offensive line. And they they are – they are stamped the best offensive line in the country. Well, guess what? You got to play your best game, and so put it in the lap of that those offensive linemen. And you got to have a little bit of running game. You got to be able to run the ball a little bit, and to take it off of, of Michael just a little bit—not a great deal, but a little bit. And you notice Michael uh, Penix—he he ran it. They had his legs involved in, in the game a little bit. And it's pretty good, you know. When you have when you have a runner like that, that you can mix in a few of those little quarterback powers, quarterback counters. Boy, it keeps the defense off balance with that fast, you know, lightning motion that's coming across. And then you add all that on top of that, and then you you start play acting uh, RPOs. And then, I mean, the ball their their offense is phenomenal, and Michigan is going to have a challenge with that. But I believe this: the team that runs the ball the best which is Michigan, the team that stops to run the best, which is Michigan, will win this game in a close one. I think it'll be close, and I think Michigan will win, but I can't wait because I got my popcorn and coke, <laughs> coke ready because of Michael Penix. This guy's magic, man. He could have easily won the Heisman. Uh, did he throw 50 touchdown passes this year? No. He, he didn't He didn't match Joe Burrow. Right. But i tell you what he did. He threw 35. And this guy's a winner. And he throws a very, very beautiful, accurate ball on post corners and fades and back shoulders and crossers. I mean, unbelievable. And he can do it under duress. Yeah, yeah. So how many times can he do that with Michigan will be the, the answer. But I, I just think because of the, the physicality of, of Michigan – remember. Picked Oregon on your show to beat Washington. I, I picked so, them. So did I. You know, I know. I picked them. There ain't no way they're gonna beat Oregon. They're playing at that. And, and this guy, ten point underdogs. Like, oh, come on, you know. I, I'm zero for three on your show. If you go back on picking against Washington, I think I'm like zero for three. It might have been somebody else's show. But I think it was yours. Yeah. I'm picking against Washington, and and I still believe in Michael Penix, but I just don't think overall they're going to win, especially against Oregon. And what do they do? They win. So. Who knows, man? This is why they play the game. That's you don't right. ever know. <laughs> All
0: right. Let me get this. What, uh, what What's the line on this one? Uh, that line is four and a half. Michigan, four and a half. Uh-huh. Okay. Probably about right. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get your take on this. Uh, obviously, this is, there's another side story here in the Jim Harbaugh situation. So I want to get your take real quick uh, about the coaching aspect here. A team could win the national title here. Obviously, we're talking about in Michigan with a head coach missing half of their games. All right. He had six games where he missed because of the suspensions. A uh, very uneasy situation here for Michigan fans, knowing that, that he, there more sanctions could be on the way for this program next year. Harbaugh could be let go, believe it or not, or he could move out on his own. And there, the feelers are already out there. He's hired himself, uh, an NFL agent. So that's probably likely. But I'm going back to Houston. I want to jog your memory here to 2010. Kind of a similar situation, a little bit different, really didn't have anything to do with the coach. But you were coaching in the SEC at that time. Similar situation with Auburn. Remember Auburn had that situation with Cam Newton where he was suspended before the SEC championship game. And then he was reinstated. And then Auburn just tried to downplay everything. But this was a major yeah. story and the media really would not let this thing go. And then they, he ended up playing. He ended up winning the Heisman. And, you know, his, his dad was, you know, negotiating with Mississippi State and throughout numbers like, Hey, you know, uh, you know, it, it, you know, it's going back years before that where it's going to take a you know, hundred, $180,000 to get my son to, to 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 go to your school, and then they tried to dig into the situation with Auburn. Was Auburn offering him money at that point in time? Obviously, 2010, totally you know illegal. What do you remember about that year? And is this Michigan situation a little bit similar to that uh, with with Auburn? Because Auburn just they ignored it and they said, "Hey, you know, it's a disruption, but we've got our guy," and they won the national championship that year,
1: right? I think it's it's similar in this regard. I think both of them uh, are totally disregarded. As, as I'm talking about in the locker room now, yeah. in the locker room, you look if you talk to the players, if you talk to JJ McCarthy, you talk to the defensive lineman. You know, we've heard players even crying after a game about their coach, loving their coach, and and so there's a there's a me against the world attitude, and it brings them closer together, and so. I uh, you know, I think I just think the coaches they they, 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 they tune that out. They're they're not they're not thinking about that. <laughs> they're thinking about blocking and tackling and scheming it up and, and winning the whole thing, winning the national title. And then after that, whatever happens, happens. You know, if they take it away from them, vacate, whatever. They're not thinking about that. They're thinking about winning it all. And so same thing with uh Cam Newton. I remember that like yesterday where uh, you know, it was all out there publicly that uh, Mississippi State had offered this much, and so why would he go to Auburn and went through all that stuff? But the bottom line was, as you said, they all downplayed it, and they, he's reinstated, and what do they do? They win it all. And so that's their whole focus right now is winning it all. They're not even thinking about it. That's not even a thought, not even a conversation going on about what if, what if. No they're not worried about that they're michigan is thinking about w- washington First and foremost, the in period. Win the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. You know, in that locker room, there's no question. But I think you know, within that program, maybe administration or the fan base, definitely, yeah. you know, they have to hear all about this and and right. and all that other kind of stuff. So uh, it's just kind of a, yeah. an interesting sidebar that will get a lot of attention leading up until Monday, and and yeah. I hopefully it doesn't overshadow uh, the game. But uh, anyway, my biggest joy, real quick. Uh, uh new year's day weekend houston you know what it was for me i mean it was the food <laughs> and all that i had that going but watching georgia blast florida state 63 to 3 that's what made me happy my friend to see the, what the world of college football got to see what it should be all about with a team like georgia playing to win with no opt-outs and shoving it down Florida state's throat. And then what the college football world currently is right now, the way Florida state handled that game with 29 opt-outs and basically the selfishness and the quit mentality of that. I loved it. 63 to three couldn't happen any better. I was so ecstatic.
1: Wow. Well, I get it on the opt-outs. What you know, I, I, do, I got some friends on Florida State now. I, I know, I, feel, I know. Man, but here's my point, brother, is Georgia should have been in. Could you imagine
0: if you know, Georgia's the best team in the country all year? We said it. They got shafted. They should have been in there. Could you imagine what would have been? Well, we could have had Georgia against Michigan. We could have had Georgia against Alabama again. Heck, you know, Georgia, Washington, Georgia. Are you kidding me?
1: Georgia, it's Georgia, baby. Come on. You're right. You're right. And and we never have taken number one and throw, throw them out the door. Exactly. On one loss. Exactly. You're, well, you're right. There's an argument for that, I guess. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. With you. But it was beautiful
0: yeah. to see them just drill press a team that just had no intention of showing up, and they got humiliated, they got embarrassed, and Georgia, like Oregon, because Bo Nix played, <laughs> Bucky Irvin played, those guys showed up to play, and they said, we want to end our season the right way. So kudos to that.
1: You know what? Right? Kudos yeah. to them. Yeah, I'm with you You know what kind of bums me out a little bit is when I'm sitting there watching, and I see players on the sideline with their jerseys on, yeah. and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, because they're hurt. I'm talking about they opted out. But they've, they've been through a nice bowl week to get all the gifts and, and hanging around the team. But then on Saturday when they're getting beat, they're on the sideline with their jersey on and they're encouraging their teammates. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> As a coach and a player on a sideline, you can't feel real good about that. Yeah. You can't yeah. feel good about that at all. Wait a minute. You're, you're healthy and you... We've gone the whole year, and I can understand if you're hurt. If something, if you have an injury, okay, I get it. But if you're not,
0: come on. I know, man. Finish the game.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Finish Finish the
0: the game, finish the season. Do it the right way. Yeah, We appreciate you, brother. Enjoy Monday uh, from the comfort of your own home. Let's talk next week. Let's get a recap on this. But we got Houston Nut. It's here. It's locked in. He's picking against Washington for at least the third or fourth time on the show. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'll probably, I'll probably be, I, I'm just like you. I like Michael Penix, but I'm not believing in the rest of it. And uh, it's yeah. tough, man. I've been man. wrong. I've been wrong every time. So tell your listeners, don't follow me. That's it. <laughs> we're going to follow you to the barbecue pit. That's the only place we're following you to, brother. <laughs> there you go.
1: There, you go. there you go.
0: All <laughs> right, my man. Have a good one. Enjoy. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Okay, brother. See you next There time. is
0: my man, Houston Network.